The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. We have special guest in the house, Sean Spicer. Hey, hey. Right. Thank you, Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Uh, Glenn, what was the top story for you? Well, I was going to say the caravan, but I just asked right before <laughs> oh, God. If, if, if he can even enjoy a Melissa McCarthy movie. And I really want to hear the answer. So that it's either the caravan or I'm going to ask. Or that. Okay. Unless she joins the caravan. <laughs> right. Still. Uh, some interesting new polling out of uh, Minnesota related to the Me Too movement and the election. Okay. Sean. 14 days till 2018 midterms. Yeah. Okay. Big stuff coming up. But before we do that, uh, got to make sure to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Um, Sean, I used to be really fat. I used she to tells be. us to anybody who's say, say yeah. Yeah. Is that per- that you saying look, that? Like, so look, look, up, at, look up at the screen. I was the number Which 10. Which one is she? She was 10. <laughs> look at her and then look at that. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. That's like not. <laughs> it's hard to see. I can't. So, I would not have recognized her. It, and I'm sorry to always bring it up, Glenn, but it's something that I'm proud of. I lost 100 be. pounds. Um, it took me two years, but it's really hard to keep the weight off. Once you lose it, which is she why lost it. People. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're sharing. <laughs> why we see people yo-yo up and down when they're trying to lose weight, but um, Ridiazone I have found uh, really helps with that. It's the good molecule in olive oil that helps boost metabolism and help you feel full. So I lost the cravings and was able to uh, keep it off. You can go to Ridiazone.com and save thirty percent off of a three-month supply by using promo code The Blaze. And for podcast listeners, that is R I D U Z O N E dot com. Get uh, get control of your weight back with Ridiazone. All right, Glenn, the caravan update, or <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the caravan update. <laughs> we are getting uh, so the the. The, the, the confusing part of this story is we know who they are. We know where it started. We know why it started. It's a, it's a Marxist group that were protesting the fact that their president had been, you know, ousted um, and, and kicked out. Uh, and so they've been trying to make all of these statements in the press and, and get some attention. And then somehow or another... This party, this group that is connected to Maduro and Castro, uh, decide they want to come to America. Why? Why now? What are they looking for? Um, And you're moving now 7,200 people flagged with the Honduras flag at the front. That's an invasion. And... I don't know about anybody else, but when we invaded, let's say, Iraq, I remember we couldn't go in right away because we needed to stage supplies. How is, how is it that this isn't a death march? They are now, if they, if they walk, they are now, with driving occasionally, they are now 20 hours away from Mexico City. I don't know about you, but we're in Texas. You have to fly to Mexico City. It's still a long way away. How is this not a death march? How are you marching into a town and what? You're stopping at the 7-Eleven so we can all get water? (laughs) Where's the water coming from? Where are you going to the bathroom? Where's the food? Who's paying for the trucks that they all seem to get into? And what to me the story is, why isn't the American press interested in this? 
how can this be going this long and we don't know yet the well, blaze just the blaze just committed to uh to, to hiring some people to go in and investigate it's finding out what the, could you say death mark you mean because they, they logistically it would be impossible to pull off unless you it was couldn't well planned? these these are death marches you don't you don't go from one place to another without logistics, without water and everything else. People just die on the side of the road. People can be healthy when they leave, but you're walking 2,500 miles. Yeah, and, and that's where I think, I mean, you want to talk about where the press should be picking up. I get, since they, they're going to cover it from the angle of the left, so where is this humanitarian piece? Right. If they're so concerned about these people... I just, it's fascinating. It's almost like they're, they're, they, they want to cover one piece of it, you know, one-eighth of the whole story. Not the humanitarian piece of it, not the border security piece of it, not the, the legal piece. I mean, nothing but somehow the mission. And But yet, we don't know what the mission is. Right. Well, they, they do. Their, they do. Yeah, they say they just want to come here for a job. That's not what they're marching for. Right. That's at least not what they left Honduras about. No, when I say they, I mean the media. Yeah. That's what they, I mean, they, too. They, they want to, they've defined that this is some kind of cause celeb that we all must be in support of, but they want to cover nothing else of it in terms of the, the logistics, right. the humanitarian piece of it, the yeah. legal piece of this, the border security piece of it, and, nothing else. And they're also assigning a motive to That's the people. Right. We don't know what the motive is for the people. They're just deciding it. They're not coming here for sanctuary. Yeah, and as far as the media's mission goes, and I don't know that there's anyone in America who would understand this better, this is all about taking down Donald (laughs) All about going after Donald Trump, right? Like, this is just a way for them to make the president and the Republican Party look mean. There's all these people who are starving, and they're trying to sacrifice for a better life, and all he can do is say really nasty things about them. Well, the funny thing is they've assailed the president for talking about how that there could be some, quote, terrorists or bad people as part of the 7,200, uh, which, you know, seems somewhat interesting that the odds are pretty good that any yeah. group of 7,200. <laughs> yeah. But but nonetheless, they've assailed his motives and the idea that he's describing this, but yet they are 100% right that all of these people are coming, seeking asylum, have lived horrible lives. Like, we know nothing about them. And that's what yeah. we should be saying. We know nothing. Yes. As opposed to the media's view is we, we have assigned all of these attributes to them. And we are going to say that anybody who doubts that clearly doesn't know what's going on, but we do. So the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, talked to him this morning. He said, I can't give you all the details, but I can tell you this. There are members in leadership of MS-13, okay? Now, what's MS-13? We know it's a violent gang. We know it's a gang that participates in gang rape. Now, somehow or another, it's wrong for me to say that these people have in their midst... People who are gang rapists, but with absolutely no proof, I can call Kavanaugh that, <laughs> and it's perfectly fine. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on this, because we were talking about this on the air today, and this, let, let's say this goes as planned, and these well, people get... Wait, what's, what's, the, the, what's the plan? What's the plan? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I'm well, not the aware plan is that. to get to the border, right? right? So they get to the border, because there was some talk with Greg Abbott as well that Mexico's trying to step in. Maybe they're going to create some sort of humanitarian situation in Mexico so this doesn't get to that point where these guys, just 7,200 people at the border, and there's this big conflict. We, we were talking about this earlier. I don't know how you can manage this from a media perspective, because... They are going to, the media is going to show all these people in the best light possible and our border guards and our National Guard in the worst light possible. If there is an incident, God forbid, where they have to use tear gas or whatever it is, it's going to look like 
a horrible riot that we caused. I said this when I was at Fox. The tactics that are being used with Israel and the Palestinians, Code Pink and everybody else is over there. They're going to use those same tactics on our border. Mm. Well, here it is. That's what it would look like. How do you message that if when they're showing those images? Oh, I, I think it's not a question of messaging because it doesn't matter what they say. I mean, the, the press is going to report it one way. I think part of it is they need to go back to what Glenn's saying a little bit, which is adopt their tactics. Talk about the humanity of this. Talk about the crisis and the logistics of support. You've got to fight kind with kind. Right, so they've got to start talking about how we're concerned about their well-being. We've got to have, protect our safety of our suit, but argue it from a humanitarian safety on both sides of the border. We've got to protect our border for the safety and security of our people, and we've got to make sure that their safety and security is protected on their side. And look at it from that same point, because any other way, you're going to lose. It's just a question of by how much. Do you think the average American would look at this, even with the media spin, and say, it's ludicrous that we should just allow, you know, 75. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I think that this is where in. this is this is where, you know, Glenn and I talked about this uh, earlier, um, which is that the, the media, I think, uh, in the case of Kavanaugh, missed the boat here. They overplayed their hand. I think they're doing the same here. They think that somehow that most Americans are sympathetic. And while we might be sympathetic as human beings to other people uh, that are in economic plight or seeking uh, refugee status because for political reasons or whatever, that's that's different than 7,200 people rushing your border. Even if Honduras was being shelled and these people were leaving because they were marked for death and it was a war zone and they came to our border, I think Americans would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a different story. Yes, let's let them in. Let's put them in a, you know area. None of that's happening. These people just appeared... We only know that they are mad because their Marxist dictator was thrown out. Who are these people? What do they want? Why are they? They're not they're not singing American songs and oh, help us, America. They're burning American. Well, that, flags. That's right. I mean, that, these aren't people coming to our country like so many people from around the world because they want a better life. They're coming here to instill their values. They yeah. they are not happy with us. I mean, right. this it, it's amazing to me. The way it's being covered because they are not here for peaceful purposes, not here because they want to be Americans and assimilate or, you know, they ascribe to the values of this country. They're here as a sign of protest almost. Yeah. It's yeah, opposite. It's it's quite so, demanding. So entry. when you look at this, Sean, and you see the president, uh, honestly, you know where I uh, stood on the president before because I didn't think he would actually do any of these things. This guy is dirt strong on a lot of stuff. Do you see him, if, if Mexico doesn't stop, if they don't stop them before they get to the border, do you see him willing to and, and able to say something like, no aid, and I mean it, it's I turn off the valve tomorrow. Yeah. Stop this or I turn it off. I don't even think it's a question. It's 100%. He's going to have the military down on that border. He, the, no, but we can't let them get. No, no, to no. Our but military. but I, yeah. I think that he is going to use every tool in the toolbox. He will have the military down there. He will turn off all aid. He will impose sanctions against Mexico. I mean, like, this is not. I, I think the one thing that, whether you're a supporter or detractor of this president, do not test him. Yes. <laughs> and and I think that the idea that somehow he's going to turn around 
I look at Mexico and say, I know you tried, but, you know, I, I get it. You try. He, he will hold them accountable. He's given them fair warning. I actually felt it when you said, do not test yeah. it. I actually, like, that was really from the heart. If you weren't, watch, if you weren't watching, you're only listening. You missed him close his eyes almost like a prayer. Don't test him. I thought it was He's more like, like PTSD. No. <laughs> it's a little of everything. Can I, can I ask you this question? Yeah, on really quick. When, when, I've had this theory for a while. If the press would ignore him, it would drive him nuts. And if you wanted the president to do something, you walk into his office and say, you know what, Don? The thing you should never do <laughs> is this. And there's something inside of him that would go, oh, I want to do that now so bad. Uh, it depends on what it is. Um, but I think there's a little element of truth in both of those things. I think the more you ignore him, the more he would. Because, you know, he, he, there's no question. He relishes in being in the center of it. That's why he loves the rallies. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he's a showman. He, he, I mean, I, I don't. None of that should come as a surprise. Um, and also, I think that you're right. I mean, the more you like, do never do the following. <laughs> yes. Don't touch this. Don't, don't, don't touch, touch this. Don't, don't look at that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, before we get to all of this midterm talk, let's take a break. We'll be back. Hmm. All right. So I have the, the I have a serious question. Uh oh. <laughs> Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Before we get into a midterm pop talk, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. I have iTarget Pro on the way. I'm so excited to try it. It's the best. It's really cool. Yes. So I'm a, I'm yeah, Glenn, I'm touch a, on what it is. Um, uh, well, I'm a shooter. Are you a shooter? I, I 19 years in the military, so I've shot some oh, weapons. Sure. Uh, yeah, 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 a couple. Here a couple or there. Here or there. So you know trigger, the, you know, the trigger pull. That is, you know, trigger control is the right. most important thing. And everybody was like, dry fire, dry fire. I hate it. Because um, I like to see what I'm actually doing. So iTarget Pro, you put it it's like a little laser thing that you put inside as the uh, bullet um, you rack it and you shoot at a thing across the you know across the room uh, yeah here it is and you shoot it across the room and it will it registers right there on your wow. iPhone so it's amazing and it's the best way you're not blowing through a whole bunch of ammunition you don't have to leave the comfort of your house uh, you don't have to wear ear protection, and you can do it in your living room. And it scares your daughter's dates. <laughs> so you can save 10% right now with offer code NEWS. Just go to itargetpro.com. Save 10% with offer code NEWS. All right, um, I want to get into the midterm talk. And let's start with you, Sean. And I think that that will kind of be an easy transition over yeah. to, uh, to Stu's point. So midterms are coming up. 14 days. Yes. But who's you, counting? Yeah, no. right. So what are you thinking? I, I think that this blue wave, you've started to see this in the last 48 hours. Everybody's now backpedaling in the media, saying, well, it may not be as big as you want. Poll came out today, Heidkamp down 19 points in Indiana. Um, North Dakota, rather, Indiana. Donnelly's now down four. I think... Uh, 
race after race, Missouri with McCaskill versus Hawley, over and over again, these races continue to tighten. Washington Post did a story today that shows that the House has the same thing. And Pelosi goes out yesterday and says, well, I've never used the phrase blue wave. And She uh, was calling I, for a blue tsunami. tsunami. <laughs> that's right. She yeah. never said blue wave. Yeah, right. and, and I think you're seeing this backpedaling as we get into these final days. The election gets galvanized um, for a lot of reasons, which you know we can go into. But people are now realizing in a way that I don't think I've seen in my adult life the importance of these midterms and maintaining the policies and results that have happened over the past 24 so months. So I think, for me personally, I mean, you know, before Kavanaugh, I wasn't like, you know, I'm living in Texas. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? My, my vote. It's, Isn't it's, that, remember that Beto O'Rourke cruise race? That's going to be a nail biter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right up there right. with Wendy Davis. Yeah, I, never bought, I never bought into that. But anyway, so I was, you know, I would always go out and vote, but I'm not, I wasn't passionate. There is nothing that would stop me from voting <laughs> now. And I actually have gotten to the point for the very first time. I'm so sick of hearing, it's the most important election of your life. Shut up. <laughs> this time, this time, for the first time, I'm actually feeling because the masks have come off, we know who they are. They're saying end of capitalism, end of all of this stuff. End of, you know, uh, innocent until proven guilty. This is, if this is a blue wave, this could be a game changer that alters the course of the country forever. I don't think there's any question about it. They've laid their cards on the table. They've talked about what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. Right. They want to repeal the tax cuts. They want to a lot of them want to impeach the president. They want and to impeach cool. Kavanaugh. They want to have endless investigations. I've joked before that C-SPAN's going to need a fourth channel. <laughs> you're, all you're going to do is talk about investigations. I mean, that to them, they're not going to name post offices. And that's, I mean, Pelosi cannot, there is nothing that she could agree to work with Trump on. Because she can't. Heading into 2020, they cannot give the president a win. They cannot, not because Mm-mm. good or bad, but they cannot allow him the talking point of saying, I worked with the Democrats on X. Do you think... If the Democrats would have played this differently and not protested on the first weekend and everybody would have just said, let's just see what he does. He's president now. He's all of our presidents, uh, all of our president. Let's let's just watch him, see what he does. If they would have played it differently, do you think Donald Trump could have been approached on certain issues by the left and said, you know what, I'm going to give, I, I kind of agree with him on this one, I'm going to give him this. And now they've overplayed it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he would have given them anything. I think he would have worked with them on things. Mm-hmm. I think on tax reform in particular, you could have picked up a mansion, a Donnelly. There's a couple of folks that you could have gotten on tax reform in particular. I don't, I'm one of the people that thinks that the infrastructure idea was a fool's errand to begin with for a variety of philosophical issues. Mm-hmm. Never was going anywhere. You had beneath the surface too many problems but i do think that there are a couple areas where they probably could have found some common ground now there's no way there's nothing literally you can't name a post office they will disagree on the name and the font and the color (laughs) and and that's just Mm -hmm. i mean there's nothing that they can agree on um i think the problem is even pelosi understands pragmatically where they need to be Governing-wise, the problem is is that their base, the vocal minority of their base, keeps dragging them so far to the left that they kind of have to keep 
fumbling past each other to outdo each other to prove who's mm-hmm. the most pure. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem that we have right now for the Democrats is that the, they have been the biggest helpers to the Republican Party. Oh, big time. Because by going so far to the left and trying to appease yep. this, this mob, which is what it really is, they've lost the ability to Shows talk about things M-word. on the Senate. I know. You <laughs> can't do that. Um, they've, they've, for most pragmatic traditional Democrats, they feel like the party is so far left them. I actually think you might have a turnout problem. You're talking about it with the Latino community now. I think the Democrats, as ironic as this may sound, may actually lose the enthusiasm gap by a big margin heading into the, inter- into the midterms mm. because the, a lot of these folks are saying, wow, they've, they've now exposed who they really are. This isn't about fighting for workers' rights mm-hmm. or environmental causes that we've cared about for so long. This is about impeachment and investigations. I don't know that I bought in on that if you're a traditional Democrat. And I think that they look at the Republicans who have been focused on a pretty pragmatic agenda of economic growth, low unemployment, Deregula- tearing down the deregulatory state. And they go, you know, I'm not sure I'm a Republican, but I kind of agree with that agenda. So when the dust settles, how many Republican senators are there? 55. 55. Yep. And you- I think if, if you call me and go, hi, you were wrong, it's 56. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay with that? Uh, I'll be okay with that. But uh, I, I think that the way it's going now, we've got a 51-49 majority. Again, I, I actually think Florida's going to go Republican. Um, Nelson, uh, Governor Scott's going to beat incumbent Senator Nelson. I think there's no question that Indiana and uh, North Dakota are in the bag. And then I think... You think every, Indiana's in the bag? I mean, North Dakota, 16 points. You. Yeah, but... You not, can't but blow Indiana, that lead. But Indiana is another story. I mean, that's... A, oh, that's, I think Indiana, I, I, it's up four, but it's... Tr- look, I've been in politics a long time. The trend is what matters. Mm-hmm. If you're fighting back, if you've got the lead and it's coming over you, that's not good. Right now, when you look at Indiana, it's continuing to move in the right direction. Donnelly keeps fading further and further back. You don't pick up that momentum going. You don't reverse the trend mm-hmm. in the last 14 days. It just doesn't happen unless there's some kind of intervening incident or allegation that changes the tide. But that's a dramatic you know, sea change that doesn't just occur. So, and then I think you look at Missouri with McCaskill. I don't. Th- I think Mansion's probably the safest of them all. But you, yeah. again, you look at Morrissey in the last couple of days. He's gotten that thing down close. It's going to be a question of is there enough time uh, on the mm-hmm. clock for Morrissey to come over? But Mansion should have been a lot safer than these. All of the four pickups the Democrats wanted. Nevada, I think we keep that. Heller continues to trend right. Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn's basically put this thing in the bag. She's just outside the margin of error. But that's been a big sea change. Mm-hmm. Arizona, McSally, I mean, um, Cinema. McSally's a good candidate. And Cinema has literally said as many insulting <laughs> things that you could possibly say. She's called them Lindsay Lohan. She's called them crazy. She's insulted single women. There's not a group She's. I mean, that she hasn't found a way to insult. That one's out of the bag. And then Texas, which was where... All the networks have sent correspondents down here talking about how this is going to be the watershed a moment, and this is where politics is going to change. I think Cruz wins well over 10 points. Well over. Well over. And and the media so desperately wanted this to be the race. So we hold the four targets in the Senate that they thought they were going to pick up. And then I think we pick up between three and five races. What do you think happens in the House? In the House, I'm a little bit more concerned. I think we can keep it, but it's going to be a one, two, or three-seat majority. But again, the thing that's so fascinating there, you look at Andy Barr in Kentucky, you look at Barbara Comstock, Virginia 10th District, all the races that they thought they had in the bag are continuing to trend back to the Republican side. The latest internal poll has Barbara up one, Andy Barr now outside the margin of error. Minnesota 6 is trending away. That's a pickup for the Republicans, not a hold. Um, I think Pennsylvania and California are two areas that concern me as far as where Republicans are holding back the damn water. 
Um, and that's just a function of, in California, it's just a question of demographics. In Pennsylvania, you have the state Supreme yeah. Court. Mm-hmm. Not just renew, that redistricting is what happened every decentennial. Where the, right. I mean, this is a state Supreme Court intervening. Yes. That's a vastly different dynamic than has occurred normally and constitutionally. Mm. But there, that's, you know, there's only so much you can fight back against. Um, but still... You're optimistic, because, I mean, I, yeah, they say... I, I am optimistic, and, and I, it's... I, I think that history and the numbers are still against us. Um, you have 44 members of the House of Representatives on the Republican side retiring. History is what it is. The Democrats are spending a tremendous amount. Um, but I'm glad, I'm, I'm happy where the trend is right now. And it may not be pretty, and we may not know on election night, but I think we come out with one or two seat majority. So can I ask you, I know we have to come, we have to break. When we come back, can I ask you... Um, what does it mean to have a Democratic House? What does the next, next 12 to 24 months All right, let's like? go to break. <laughs> because I can't come up with... Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Uh, before we get into everything, oh, I've got some good questions. Before we get into everything, he's loopy now. <laughs> I want to thank our sponsor for Overtime Skin Kick. Uh, I talked about this yesterday. I'm so excited that I finally get to talk about Skin Kick on air. I've uh, been using it for about six months, and they've got a, facial, a daily facial cleanser. They've got a blemish relief cream for any kind of annoying little blemishes that pop up. And they have my favorite, the anti-aging uh, glow renewal serum, because, unfortunately, I've just reached that age where... I was going to tell you you were low on glow recently. You were. Yeah, I'm glad you've started using this. I've renewed my... Up. Yes, yeah. I've renewed my glow. I, I look in the mirror uh, in the morning. I started looking in the mirror, and I was just like, oh, my God. I don't <laughs> remember looking like this. What? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and, um, but I have noticed a huge difference uh, after using Skin Kick. And I know that we have some before and after pictures that are just incredible. Um, it improves the skin texture. It firms the skin. And for me, my fine lines have decreased. And I'm not sure if you actually know this. This is actually a secret of mine, but I'm actually 85. Wow. So, wow. right? Yeah, no, it works, it works well. right? It does work well. Yeah, so <laughs> you can get 30% off of your purchase right now. Go to tryskinkick.com and use promo code theblaze30. I think you need to put them all together. So you shoot guns while you're losing weight yeah. and looking good. Yeah, yeah, really good. I like that. Right? <laughs> I actually uh, I have something that's absolutely free. Could you just, uh, could you just soften my focus? Watch, watch this. There, there's oh, after. Yeah. Wow, you look, you look <laughs> better. I look so much better. So much better. That and that's free. Wow. Just say, could you could you squint your eyes when you're looking at me a little bit, mm-hmm. and it uh, and it works. So you can either make people think that they need glasses, mm-hmm. or you or, can go to tryskinkick.com. Okay. You pick. All right. You ready, big man? Okay, here you got the glasses on. Let's <laughs> go. Toe to toe. Here we go. Uh, all right. So they take the house. Democrats. Which let's that's hypothetical. That's yes. hypothetical, but uh, you know, pretty decent okay. shot. And here's what I see happening: <laughs> they subpoena Trump's uh, his his tax records right away. They can't not impeach him because all of the left they've promised we were going to impeach. So let's say on the first day they're just going for the tax records. They're not going to actually impeach yet. Trump says no. Second day, they go to the Supreme Court. 
But they say, we need a ruling on this. Does he have to do it? But Kavanaugh's got to recuse himself. He says no. So now they're going to impeach Kavanaugh. Then they come back. He's got to produce these tax records. We're going to impeach him on that. So now we have two impeachments going at the same time. We have the Supreme Court up in arms. We have the House up in arms. We have the administration up in arms. Everybody's suing each other. Everybody's fighting against each other. Then you have the media picking sides. Media is, you're going to see more and more uh, from Facebook and and Twitter and Google censoring people. It's going to get worse and worse. You got that all stirring people up. And you have the people fighting at each other. Sounds like a great two years. Where am I, I, I think if we can get that down to like 30 seconds, that's the trailer for the next NBC hit on Thursday nights. <laughs> right. Coming this fall. <laughs> the people are in uproar. The Supreme Court's in beat. I mean, um, I, I, I think where am I wrong? Um, I just don't know how it's going to get picked up. <laughs> I, I, I think that, look, I, I think they're going to do some, if, if, and I'm still not conceding that, to be clear, on the House. But I think that, the tax records, uh, there's no question about it. I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. I think they have hearings of some sort. Uh, here's the issue. As much as I have a disagreement with, with Pelosi and her politics and her policy, she is shrewd enough to understand if they jump the shark mm-hmm. on Trump and impeachment, they, they could cost themselves any shot at the White House in 2020. I, I just, I, I think the... Impeachment talk is by their younger progressive uh, members. I don't see water. I, I, I get it, but there's plenty of time. Glenn, you know as well as I do how many Republicans have talked about things until oh, they and, and so it's one thing to talk we're in theory used to that. I get it. But Revolutionaries they, are not, but they're not the people that still control the the levers of the House are the Pelosi, Clyburns, Hoyers who are going to say, guys. If we go over the top, and maybe they throw them some crumbs and they get a hearing or two or mm-hmm. some kind of motion to recommit on the second question of the, I mean, right. some way of pacifying them. But they're not politically, in some ways, Republicans would benefit the more nuts they oh, go. Yeah. Yeah. But, and they know that. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think is their, their sort of firewall that the old guard leadership says, we need to take back the White House. This will cost them that. And they know it. Because as much as people may disagree with the president or his policies or his style on the left, there's enough of them in that group that say, constitutionally, we fight this out at elections. We don't impeach our enemies. Uh, mm. And there's, I mean, you would have to make up the grounds. So I, I think there'll be talk. I think there might be a hearing. I agree with you on the tax records. And where I would take this one step further is they will subpoena everybody. Yeah. And that's where I think that they will sort of try to placate their base yeah. and their progressive is to say, hold on, we've just issued 4,700 you know, subpoenas, <laughs> and until we have those hearings, we can't. And they'll keep trying to buy, t- buy time with their base. And they say, we have all these hearings, we've issued this many subpoenas, mm. we're having this investigation. And I'm not kidding. They will just tie everybody up in knots, which I still think is a big deal. Yeah. And I think people have to understand that because that is the agenda. The agenda is to figure out on the left how to show that they are the, the resistance on television. Yeah. Okay, L- last question on this. Let's go the other way. Let's say they win, or that the Republicans win the House and the Senate. Yeah. Okay, everything's great. 
do the Democrats go even more insane? Yes. And double down on their democratic yeah, because social. when you're in the minority, you can do things like that. And, and that's, that's the beauty of the minority, is that you can say or do what you want because but there's no accountability. That, won't that hurt them? Because what they're growing now is more and more radical. And all of the people that are starting to come out are, I think, scaring the average Democrat. Right. What does that mean for 2020? Well, the problem is, is that I think that, the, as I mentioned on the previous question, the, the old guard gets it, right? But the problem is, is that when you're not in the majority and there's no sense of owning the governing results that you're having to, you can, you can do this. And so they get dragged away to the left because their members say, what do you have to lose? Let us have this vote. Let us have the hearing. Let us have whatever. Because there's no accountability when you're in the minority. So I think that they will continue to get dragged to the left. They will say crazier and crazier, more progressive things because they can. And the leadership in order to stay in power, and let's be clear, Nancy Pelosi will be their leader, right? But it'll be tenuous at best. And she will make a deal. She's now calling it a transformational whatever that means, which is, you know, a dog whistle to say, please let me give me one more time because I've got cool stuff hanging in the office <laughs> and I don't want to take it down yet. Yeah. I mean, that's like, just give me some time to wind this all down. So she's kind of sending them the dog whistle that please just let me have two more years. And, and at that point, she's going to be willing to let them do whatever they need to do for her to stay in power for two more years. I got to say, after hearing all this, I think they should just hold the house. The Republicans should just hold the house. It's much easier. They should just hold the house. Hold the Why house. deal with this? Just stay. Just stay in the majority. It's much easier. I don't know if the Republicans have thought of that. I don't know. It's a good I, idea. Like, I think it's, it's a good, good idea. idea. All right. Is he off the hot seat now? Yeah, I might come up with another Still one. Yeah, well, okay. Well, for now, we're talking about the midterms. I want to talk about the effect that the Me Too movement has had on us? It's kind of an interesting one, and it's you know off the beaten path of the House and the Senate. But Keith Ellison, who is a guy, you know, we all know who Keith Ellison is. Um, and, you know, he's running in Minnesota for attorney general. This is going to be an easy win for him. Uh, then he has this situation uh, where his ex-girlfriend comes out and accuses him of, of all these terrible things. And, and just like Brett Kavanaugh, just like everybody, you know, in America, he deserves the, the presumption of innocence, at least to me. Um, you know, sometimes relationships break up and it gets ugly and people say things that aren't true. We don't know. I don't, I don't know. I can tell you there's a lot more evidence uh, with this accusation than there was with Brett Kavanaugh. And there's uh, evidence a lot more. that was ongoing and things like, you know, you don't, you're not lying to your doctor and your right. doctor's not writing, hey, I'm treating for injuries. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so, uh, you know, again... He deserves the presumption of innocence. Sure. But what's been interesting to me is to see the, the reaction from Democrats here, where they're saying, well, we know... Or the lack thereof. Exactly. I mean, we know Brett Kavanaugh is guilty. How can you possibly side with him? You're just accusing these horrible uh, accusations, and, and, and you don't care about women. But by the way, we're going to completely ignore Keith Ellison, who's currently running with a woman who is, has evidence, who was, we all know had a relationship. She's got text. She's got notes from the doctors. We're going to completely ignore that one. What's really interesting here is it doesn't seem like the people of Minnesota are ignoring it. Um, this is the September poll where Ellison led by five points, which is not really he should have been leading probably by a lot more than that in Minnesota, you could argue. Um, however, the update to this poll, this is completely flipped now. Uh, now Ellison trails by seven since these accusations have come out. And, you know, I think people look at him, they say there is some credibility here. Uh, you know, he was already not a great candidate. He was already way more left than I think the people of Minnesota are, and that's not a conservative state. Um, and, you know, the, now that they're seeing that these accusations are out there, the way he's, he's handled it, the way Democrats have reacted to it, and I think, you know, Minnesota's stepping back and they're saying, I don't think we want to go down this road. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two issues there. One is the campaign he's running and the way that the people of Minnesota are viewing him, which I think you're absolutely right on. 
But the second one, and I think it's more important, is the first point you made, which is it's unbelievable the hypocrisy, the way the left views his case and his situation and the allegations against him. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and that's, to me, the fascinating difference in the dynamic that exists right now. The right, most of us at this table say he deserves the presumption of innocence. The left would say, and the left in this case, because it's a Democrat, kind of just, they don't necessarily say anything, they just say nothing. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's the Republican, they go, you know, let's... Crucify. Crucify. You know, what's interesting, too, is, to me, this one is more important than even Kavanaugh. They made a big deal about Kavanaugh. He's going to be on the... He's going to be on the Supreme Court. He's, he's going to be, yeah, but he's not going to be making, you know, rulings on things. He, those are big scope ideas, not you're guilty, you're innocent. He's still one of nine. Yeah, and still one of nine. He's the attorney general. So he's going to be directing the police force. He's going to be directing the law in, in Minnesota. That that should scare the hell out of you. If, if this guy is guilty, you don't want to put a guy like that into a position where you're the chief law enforcement officer. That's not, that's, that's not wise. Well, let's remember, beyond running, being a current congressman and running for attorney general of Minnesota, he is still to this day the deputy chairman of the Democratic Party. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that, which I think gets lost in the discussion, because rightly so, we talk about the current office he wants and the one he hopes to and aspires to have. But look, this is their party. Mm. This is the number two person in their elected party oh. leadership. Amazing. They say this is, and oh, by the way, forget all of this. We're going to talk about this importance of Me Too, of women's rights, of, ag- of accusers, all of this stuff, and yet no one seems to care. From the media standpoint, from the Democratic standpoint, where is the calls for him to resign? Where are all the folks in Hollywood that are outraged that stood around those Kavanaugh hearings talked about, saying, you need to resign? Where's the outrage? Yeah, uh, not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. Uh, Glenn, we have a, uh, there's a gin problem, I hear. Oh, this is bad. <laughs> no, no, this is bad. Is it? This is bad. Do we have the videotape? No. Okay, I want you to watch this and please... <laughs> Please, this has happened to me, and it could happen in your house. Uh, watch. Then don't forget that there are other creations besides men. There are men who are going to look at you, but at the same time, a jinn may fall in love with you. And this is something very, very common. I had a case where a jinn had possessed a sister. She was waiting at the bus stop. And the jinn fell in love with her. She was walking through a park and the jinn followed her. She was waiting at the bus stop and the jinn fell in love with her. And it actually possessed her. And when they fall in love, they're very, very difficult to remove because their love is like almost a blind type of love. It's like I would rather die than leave this individual. Well, jinns, jinns, genies, you know, things like that. Now, nope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't actually know about that. No, no. <laughs> so, we all, so, so, look, I believe in a faith where the guy was crucified and rose from the dead. Okay, so we all, we, if you're not in the religion, it can sound crazy. Okay, I got you. I, I tweeted this this morning and said, I've had this problem. I've come home after a long day of, of work. And I've had to chase the gin out of my wife, you know, and... <laughs> Which, can we just say really quickly, this is, he's stating this as a case for why women should wear 
Hijabs. Hijabs, yes. And he says it's the hijabless woman mm. that is most susceptible to the jinn because the jinn will fall in love and go right straight to your brain. So the hijab is the, the protection. Yeah, well, it, he also calls it a cloth device. <laughs> so it can go through your skull, your hair, your skin, into your brain, but not cloth. Okay, again, we all believe crazy things in our religion. But what's the craziest is, come on. If this was, if my faith had come out and said, and I got to tell you, there was a woman at the bus stop and an angel came down and fell in love with her and she wasn't wearing the, you know, the special hat. And now it's she's possessed yeah. by an angel. We would all say, well, and chances are if Pat Robertson said it, the media would have the noticed. The media would right? go uh, crazy, yeah. crazy. Yeah. Here we are at a time when we have, I do not, whatever you want to believe, you believe. That's fine. I have no problem with it. But here is a misogynistic, uh, Sharia law is misogynistic and bad. It's bad. The way you can treat women under Sharia law is bad. We have all these people in the country that just excuse that. I won't, I won't look at that. I won't look at that. I won't look at that. That's not bad. That's not crazy. And yet, they think all Christians are dangerous and crazy because, what, we believe in angels? This guy thinks a jinn can get into your wife's head at the bus stop. <laughs> the lesson is don't, don't, don't ride buses. You know? No, it's supposed take... to be... Wrap yourself yeah, keep, up. Keep your, keep your clock device. <laughs> Wrap yourself up because I took a different lesson. I just, we have a disagreement. That's all. I don't want to ride a bus. Anti-bus. <laughs> and I don't know how you get the gin out of you. Mm -hmm. I know how you get the gin in you. <laughs> I thought I, that's when the segment yeah. started. I, yeah. I was actually excited yeah. that we're going in a different direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Glenn, I have poll results for you from yesterday. Oh, you good. Thank for. you. Yeah, I did. Uh, so the question was, do you support the Trump administration's plans to use the scientific definition of gender when it comes to federal programs? Can we guess? Yes. This audience? Yes. 90 percent. 96. Yeah, so I mean, poll. just go Places ahead. Right rules or regular yeah. rules? <laughs> regular rules. Regular. Uh, I'm going 92. Okay. Stu, you were right on the money. 96 percent. Ah. Said yes. It is the definition. Four percent so said let's ask you, Let's ask you. This is an honest question. Yeah. We have a doctor on tomorrow that's going to ask, ask this question. Stu and I were having an argument today, <coughs> and I actually responded. Well, I know three weeks ago it was this, but it might have changed. Okay. <laughs> the, the gender and sex. Gender is now they're saying is all up in your head. According okay. to the New York Times. According to the New York Times. It has nothing All to up do. in your head. And sex is your body parts. I, I got to be honest with you. I just learned something then. Yeah. I, I did not. I, w I wondered about that when I heard it yesterday, which is I understand how you can identify or how people. Okay, I get that. Mm. But I didn't think there was a real controversy over birth. No. That's, uh, a, that's our, our question. Because it says in the definition your sex assigned at birth. Well, nobody's assigning it. It's no, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't realize, I, and maybe I just have been busy, but, <laughs> but I didn't realize or that... sexist, misogynistic, yeah. bigoted. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was actually where the debate was. I mean, I thought you were, and it was like, okay, you, 
this is a male, this is a female. Yeah, that was an amazing. It was an yeah, amazing that, story. And they just choose to identify later on as something else. Is what you're saying? That's what I and I just, you understood it to be. Yeah, that's what yeah. I understood well, it to be. And then I saw these reports yesterday. Yeah, we'll get into this tomorrow because I mean the Times seems to make the argument that really that's it's gender is something that is just a thought in your head. And like that is a, what, to me like that is I'm not we've been arguing like that's not a no, notable. I didn't, realize, that's what I'm, yeah. I didn't realize it was an argument. Yeah, I mean, I, well, right? But 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 conservatives have been saying, yeah, okay, you're born this sex, okay, and you want to say gender is fluid. Well, I don't agree with you that you can just decide. But if you want to decide you're a woman, okay, but that doesn't change who you are, your sex. It doesn't change you physically. It might change you here. Well, that's what the New York Times is saying today. And we're like, wait, that's our argument. <laughs> How is this? T- it's come around now yeah. to where, they, yes, I agree with that. And it used to be called gender dysphoria. And it was a bad thing, just like, just like um, you know, anorexia, gender dysphoria. You're 60 pounds, but you look in the mirror and you see a fat person. Well, and fundamentally, like, this goes back to the, the, the potential decision of, of using on government forms, right? Like, are we going to use the, the sex you were born as, or is it going to be what you are defined as now? But, like, the reason we ask on government forms isn't to ask you about your feeling, right? Like, there are reasons why, like, for example, an insurance form, right? Like, you want to know if it's a male or a female, they're covered for I different things. I, and I don't mean to, like, I'm not trying to open up a can of worms, but I don't understand when it stops. Right? So, like, we have, you... you with race, you can't, like, right. we, we have this discussion all the time. Like, people get caught making up a race or, yeah. or their heritage of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> can you think of any examples of that? Do you have anything off the top? I'll have to Google this. Okay, okay. But, right. but I don't, like, that's where I just don't understand. I, like, I think there's such a disconnect, which is at some point, if you just want to say that at X age you get to redefine yourself, I mean, that's, okay. But, why, what else is now subjective to deciding what you decide you are? So, like, if, you are, if you're a different gender, if you're a different ethnicity, um, wh- where's that line? And then why does it matter? If I can be white, black, you yeah. know, whatever, why does it matter? When you worship at well, the Well, that's idea. what I'm saying. Is it like, that's right. what I don't understand, because at some point the left wants to have all these discussions about ethnicity and talk about, okay... And then, and and yet, when it comes to sex, they go, yeah, but that doesn't matter. It's like, okay, well, why does this matter and that not? It's identity. It comes down to identity politics, right? No, that's actually, no, no. But, but that's that's the point. Is no. that it's only the identities that they want. Yeah, it's postmodernism. Yeah. Um, and postmodernism. When you understand postmodernism and intersexuality and the hierarchy, it, all it is is turning the whole pyramid upside down. So the most oppressed, the ones who have been intersected the most by people of power, I'm a female in a wheelchair, and I'm a Native American. And a Browns fan. And a Browns fan, okay? You are at the top of the pyramid now, where before, in the traditional hierarchy, you're at the bottom, okay? That's the way they look at it. So anything that that will turn that system upside down is good. So you, if you're a white man and you happen to believe that the pyramid needs to be turned upside down, you can say, you know what? I identify as black. And they'll say, Bill Clinton, our first 
black president. <laughs> what? Okay? Because he's part of the turning it around. The minute you violate uh, any of their goals of turning us upside down and inside out, you're no longer part of the crew. You're down at the bottom again. Lots of... Uh introspection going on here <laughs> at The Blaze today. Uh, today's poll question, how concerned are you with about the approaching caravan of immigrants? We've got several different choices. Let us know on The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Sean, before we go, uh, you came out with a book several months ago. Can you tell everyone about it, just in case they haven't picked it yeah, up? Yeah, thank you. If you go to SeanSpicer.com, you can order it. You can find out where it's available or see anything. It's called The Briefing, Politics, the Press, and the President. Um, it's a, I think there's two pieces to it. One, it's a little bit of who I am beyond the podium, the character. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second is just sort Wait, of... Uh, that was <laughs> Melissa McCarthy as you? That wasn't you? Wow. You can't let Poor it go. Sean, can't can't let it go. Can't, he's going to get me for as long as I'm here. Gonna, um, and the second is just sort of uh, the behind the scenes of the campaign, the transition, the first six, seven months of the White House. A um, little bit of behind the scenes as to what really was going on and... Um, why certain things happen the way they did. And um, I, I will tell you this, um, and I'll say this, you know, I don't want to say things behind people's backs, so I'll say it to your face. I wasn't sure we even wanted you as a guest the first time because I thought, <laughs> Thank you. what are you going to say? No, 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 seriously, yeah. on radio, what are you going to say? Read the book, really honest and soul-searching, soul-searching. Um, had him on the, so I said, yes, let's put him on the air. Put him on the air, he was even better. We just did 90 Minutes, the world's largest, longest interview. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, just really thoughtful Thank with you. a lot to say. He, it's a great book. You should, you should, you should SeanSpicer.com. Yes, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. You for bet. Being Thanks here. for having me and welcoming me. Yes, absolutely. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Oh my gosh, look, it's Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> was he welcoming to you? Is that what happened? <laughs> I didn't get that. Trigger event. I, that was a trigger event. I'm so glad. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.